I don't wanna go to work. I just wanna chill and play all day. Look 'em dead in the face and say, I wish I could just be still asleep while you work. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Jobs Blow podcast with Brianna and Josh. The podcast for dreamers with day jobs. We're so glad to be back at the Comic Strip Live for another episode. Please remember to like, subscribe, review, rate, scream about this show. We need the ratings that help us go higher up on the directors, directors, directories, whatever. The listings, it really helps us get visibility. So please uh, give us that review wherever you listen. iTunes, Stitcher, Google, Spotify. If you just want to, like, like I said, scream it out your window, that would be like really awesome for us. And, uh, yeah, you know, get the word out to the masses. Yes, and remember, while this podcast was born out of the frustration of working a day job, we're hoping to provide some inspiration in your pursuit of a dream job as we pursue ours. Hi, Brianna. Hi, Josh. Frustration to inspiration. I know, you love that. I love that. Well, you wrote it, but I just put italics on those words. Well, I appreciate any sort of um, applause these days. You're wearing your purple red glasses today. Yes. I am. I love That's how it. I read, Josh. Well, because you always wear like kind of darker stuff, but like I said, put color in. And last I know, time... but you're so, it's a little misogynistic, my friend. You in your fucking gray, ugly ass sweatshirt, telling <laughs> me, me to come dressed in color. It's I'm, a hoodie, I'm... and it's it could not be any less formal. No, it but I disgusting. just wanted to call you out since there is no official HR department. Mm. I'd like to <laughs> record this complaint. But we're HR. We're we're human. We are. Humor we are. So I'm filing that complaint with us. <laughs> well, um, I love the splash of color in your oh, okay today. great i'm so happy to make you ha- should i smile more too <laughs> no actually i would like more uh <laughs> angst and anger and um and and bitterness on your face would okay. be really great all right well um, how was your week it was good actually i have a new career oh a dance instructor all right yes and i'll have to show you gentlemen um i'm working on Ella is going to be in her school talent show, mm-hmm. and I may have influenced the choice of song and dance. She's doing Rhythm Nation, and they're going to do the vid- the, the dance from the video. You got to do Janet Jackson. Yes. So, um, and she just got, it's very timely. She just got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Your Janet, daughter? Janet, oh, Janet, Janet. Janet, awesome. Um, so it's kind of a tribute to her. Uh, so it's Ella and three other young ladies. Um, and let me tell you, this is, this is an undertaking. But we're getting there. Are we're you choreographing there. this dance? Well, I learn it from a video online <laughs> and then regurgitate it uh, with Ella. Ella and I are learning it together. Can and, you teach it to Caleb and I? Um, maybe, maybe. But uh, it's yeah. fun. It's really fun. And, it, you know, it, it, I'm enjoying it. So Okay, cool. Good. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Right. What Congrats about you? on the new job. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting paid in uh, in coloring love. books. In pictures. love. <laughs> in love. <laughs> School. Yes. Um, I am exhausted. Am I awake right now? I feel like I, there's a lot of energy you, you coming used, out of me. You used that same line on our last show. Did I really? Because yeah. I'm so effing tired. I, we just moved this week, and I finally got away from like this terrible like apartment situation with this like guy below us, like evicting us because of my kids. What an asshole! Well, but, no. Uh, the irony to that story is he had worked in a library. This gentleman and. They were making too much noise above his apartment, right. so right. it's kind of funny. Like any noise would have been. I she felt like I, silence. He I, was down there shushing and not fucking. I felt happy like I was Anne Frank. I'm really blowing the f's Up today. Yeah, it's okay. I felt like I was like Anne Frank living in like <laughs> like don't run, don't make the noise. The Nazis are coming. You know, it was so crazy. And then finally, can I just say like, oh man, 
I saw him and I just like unloaded on him. I just said everything I wanted to say it was great. Uh, but we're out. But it's exhausting. Packing and moving and unpacking. It fucking sucks. It really does. It is so, I never, ever want to move again. I know. I, and fact, unfortunately, you know you're going to. I know. But only – here's what I've been saying to myself is is that let's let's like really find for us because, you know, we're coming out of this situation where we're getting laid off and trying to find that next great thing for us. Let's do that. Let's like make some like real money and then the next place we move to is like that big house that we never have to move from ever again. Are you Insinuating I should be a homeowner because let's do it. We'll buy a, a adjoining townhouses. We'll just we'll cut a hole in the wall and then do the podcast right there. We never have to leave our house. See, we just sit on our side. But of see, the house. then someone's going to expect me to make a holiday meal, and I've really my wife's a chef. Able to don't worry about it. Okay. You just come over and bring. But wine. we have different holidays. It's okay. That's more holidays. (laughs) Look how excited I am. Okay. Well, on the topic of moving, um, our guest today moved to New York City from the same hometown as I did. What hometown? Fremont, Ohio. Fremont's pretty famous. Did you watch the Dateline this weekend? I didn't. My sister told me about it, though. Yes. About a murder? Unsolved murder that finally was solved. And (gasps) all the crazy dysfunction in the sheriff's department. The sheriff went to... Jail for um, he was uh, because of the murder. No, he was confiscating prescription drugs Stop. and using them or selling or some crazy shit. You have to look for this. Well, no, we have to watch it. But this young girl was murdered, and he, they hand, mishandled it. They didn't like listen to tips. It went wow. on longer than it should have. Um, but it's crazy. But yeah, Fremont. Well, we're finally famous for something, right? Outside of Heinz ketchup on uh, the Pioneer Sugar Beet Factory. Yes, Charles Woodson. Uh, and something about batteries, crown battery, crown battery. Right. Oh, oh, Rutherford B. Hayes. Oh, I'm mean, sorry, wow. President of the United States and Rutherford. his presidential library. Yes, wow. and this murder Center. now. So you guys are like crushing it. We yeah. are. Oh no, we had. I'm gonna go back. And Brianna and Caleb. Wait, can we just introduce him? I'm sorry, let's Caleb Dam Schroeder. Yes. Let's let's start over. <clears throat> Today's guest on John <laughs> Club Podcast is a very talented and inspiring young man. Uh, Actor, you, can I call you? A young man, still? you can call me. You know, it's a podcast, he's, they can't see. He's an old yes. man, he's very old, 137, old. and uh, he is a actor, actor singer, singer, composer, writer. Yeah, writer. He's a man of all trades. He's been on Broadway, he's been off Broadway, which he's, brings us to the title of the show, which is Off and On and Off Broadway. Look at that title. Hi, right? Caleb. Hey there, Caleb. No, but seriously, I have to go back to Fremont for a minute okay. because. As long as I've lived in the city and met people and mentioned things about my hometown, mm-hmm. they're considered they're, they really think we live on the hell mouth <laughs> because of the stories that come out of there. Well, I, there are good stories that come out of there. Uh, there are uh, a lot of other things that come out of there that I don't think we should talk about. But uh, but we're two of the things that came out Fabulous. of there. Right yes. Yes. Also, the Tony Just Do It exercise guy from Fremont. What? Yes. Really? Yes. Well, we should also say, too, that uh, the connection here on this episode is Fremont, not necessarily Brianna and Caleb knowing each other from Fremont. No. We right? did not know each other in Fremont. No. no. Actually, I was taking um, the staff from one of my jobs. It was a small office to see Cabaret, and someone from Fremont was like, oh, Caleb from Fremont is in Cabaret. You should you know, contact him. And this lovely gentleman... Opened the uh, the stage door, let us all in backstage, and just from the Fremont connection. Just the Fremont connection. So technically, you're either old enough to be like a teacher of his, or young enough to 
I'm his older sister. Oh, age. is that what it is? Age I'm yeah. barely, barely older sister. Yeah. No, I could be. Yeah, definitely. But we don't know how old sister. he is. He's either 37 or 137. So oh. you could also be like. He's you 36. Know, you're completely off on both of them. Actually, could be I'm going to be 36 in two weeks. Oh, I'm so just trying it on 35. for a second. <laughs> I do that too. I'm I, 35 for two more weeks, but I have to I, practice I, I the practice words. saying it to see how I feel <laughs> yeah. about it and then get all the emotion out of right. it. Right, great. Well, the and the other grade. Fremont it's connection irony is I was telling him, I reached out to two other Fremont people to be on our show, and one didn't respond, and the other sent me to her PRP people oh, really? so it was really nice that caleb like jumped at it and you know is here well, we're you dealing know. we're officially that's kind of a compliment we're dealing with people's pr people yeah they could have been like i'll be on your little basement episode show <laughs> that has 20 followers we have more than 20 you do congratulations yes hey naughty by nature reposted us today that it, we've made it Vinny did too yeah. yeah and you know what so did mr bing so you know look it's happening one at a time and uh and Caleb, honestly, we sincerely are just honored and happy to have you here and happy talk about here. your perspective and, you know, the performing world. And I know I also come from that background and so did uh, Aaron. But you have a different perspective, especially – are you still in Cabaret right now? It closed okay. yeah. a couple of years ago. <laughs> okay. So I, I do so it nightly just, in my apartment. So you're just starting right. to work on other things. Exactly. Good. I took a four-year break and Good. now I feel like I'm ready to get back in the But cave. before we jump in, what's your dream job, Caleb? You know – that is a very good question. I feel like my dream job is continuing to work as an actor and as a writer. And I feel like that's such a cop-out to say, but I feel like just having something be the pinnacle sounds terrible. I mm-hmm. want you know the career to be the dream, well, I, I guess. Well, I can second that. Uh, an elongated that. career, I guess. I can second that because as an actor, you know. A wor- pe- you want to be a working actor. Right. And that's what people always assume when they say, oh, you're an actor. What are you in? Yeah. Right. Oh, like, yeah. oh, I'm I'm, not, I'm clearly, have you seen me? What have you seen me in? I'm well, at your wedding, I'm Beth, because right. I'm not in anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Denise. Like, like, sorry, Denise. <laughs> but people assume that, that you're like, that you're working towards like fame. Like, it's yeah. not, I just want to, I just want to work. I just want to yeah. be needed and work and be on stage and write you're producing so you're right the, from i totally see that from a dream job perspective yeah i want to be 80 and you need me to read old man on yeah. on your show i want to be christopher plummer and be called at the last minute to replace right. somebody right. in a movie and be like yeah you know what? yeah you don't want to be, be the there. kevin spacey no, you no, want to no, be no, the, no. the and just plumber. so you know for whoever's listening caleb and i literally if you know what i look like we could not look any physically different more than we already do like he's except tall. that we're both 35 we're both 35 right <laughs> If this, if, if this was a threesome, Caleb would get more of my attention. Oh, but Josh is. Oh, I feel so honored. Is that why you invited me? Brianna oh. pees on me, like just out of. A, she doesn't just pee; she throws urine at me. Jesus, Caleb is gorgeous, full head of hair, tall, skinny, kind of scruff beard. I'm hand on his leg, very muscular, and uh, you're so you and I would never compete for roles. I hope. Uh, well, we know? can be in something together. That would be great, there you go. right? Awesome. Um, okay, wait. so dream job is to keep working. Yes. And, and, and the job that blew. You know, in between a lot of jobs, I continue to go back to catering because it's a job that's in New York City that just continues to exist. And people always need someone to hold their trays of champagne. Um, and there was one specific, I think this is a funny story, um, a catering company that I was working for. And they sent us an email and they were like, hey, guys. We are going to be catering for the President of the United States. Wait, when was this? Uh, this was like 2009, maybe, okay, like so right after Obama. Yes, 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 yes. This was uh, over a decade ago. 
Uh, and they were like, all right, so we're, it's going to be at this house on the Upper East Side. Uh, you know, we're so excited. You know, don't tell a lot of people about this. Meanwhile, my boss told all of his friends about it. So we get there, and they're like, okay, Obama's coming, Obama's coming. And truly, we got there, and I was like, man, this seems very low-key for, like, the president and the first lady to be showing up to, like, this dinner for, like, 12. And we had to, like, clean out the dining room, and the table wouldn't fit. So they had us move their grand piano out into the back. Backyard. We, I, I have a picture of this. No joke. Tied it sideways to a tree to keep it from falling over. Just making enough space and anything for Obama. Anything for Obama. So. Uh, it's about time for him to show up. So everybody's in place. Everybody's ready to roll. And I was the person to open the door and in swoops a couple people, a couple people more, and then nobody else. And so I like peeked out the door and I was like, well, that's weird. I was like, well, where, where is he? And so we shut the door and begin serving the dinner. And it turns out that my boss had misheard the client and his, he, I kid you not, his name was President Obanga, and he was from a very small African country. And yes, he told, <laughs> uh, he like, truly told his friends, told his parents, and everything. I'm, I'm the chef for the president tonight, and we like <laughs> carry this piano out into a yard, tie it to a tree. Like, we're so excited to meet uh, the president and the first lady. That's straight uh, out of like an Arrested Development. Truly, episode. like it's, it even sounds fake, you know, like saying it, but uh, that has to like be something. Did, that I did, think was he like a sh- I imagined him to be like a short little man. Yes. Like- <laughs> well, that's why I just kept oh, uh, people kept coming in, and I was like, "All right, well, when's the president going to show up?" Like he he walked right by me. But you, and I bet when you were moving the the piano too, you guys are like, "This isn't part of our job." But we were we were so thrilled to yeah. do it because who were did you move it, it back in? Or no, we, like, we left it tied you. to the tree. <laughs> so the reason the job blew was because of the anticipation. Was yes. just oh, yeah. went out the uh-huh. the windows. Oh, that was going to be close quarters. I think it's really funny that the job blew because. Obama didn't show up. <laughs> he did show up. It just wasn't him. Yeah. What What, what was President Obama like? You was know, he a I nice don't. Guy? I'm assuming such. Like at the point that we realized, like what had happened. Like my boss was so embarrassed that he just like left and let like the other chefs like deal with it. So at that point, we just stopped paying attention to everything because it was just too funny. That this this is so not related, was. but it's reminding me is that I I used to get these emails from. Uh, Michelle Obama, right? I guess I was on some list and I would get these emails, yeah. right? And it would always say, Michelle Obama wants you to something like that. But my mother's maiden name is Ohana, uh-huh. right? So, and her first name is Michelle. <laughs> so sometimes in the in the speed of reading through things, I would read like Michelle Ohana wants you to do that. And I would like have that pang of yeah. like anxiety of like, Come on, mom! What the fuck are you talking about? Like, Especially you, if that's the title of the email. I can't Michelle Obama wants like, you to call. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I called you yesterday. You know. So anyway, I could see how that like like little confusion could throw somebody off. Yeah. But uh, hey, you know, at least you got to meet President Obama, and most people haven't. You know exactly. what? That's true. I didn't know the guy existed before. I didn't I'm know a better that person for it now. Yeah, so, Caleb, um, only because I want to move into the evolution of your career and sure. why you are in New York. Um, and you and I touched on this a little bit. I think we're, we both, when we first came to New York, um, granted it was a decade apart probably, but like kind of were immediately drawn to the city mm-hmm. and knew it's where we wanted to be. Um, but go ahead. I know you came on a high school trip. I did. We came. Uh, I came to New York City for the first time in the spring of 2001. Um, on a drama club class trip. And we were talking about this earlier, that like it just seeing the city for the first time immediately felt comfortable in a way that should feel terrifying. 
and I knew immediately that this is where I needed to be and this is where I wanted to be. So after a stint in college, I skipped graduation at the end and, and showed up before I got a diploma even. Did you have someone that you knew here that you live with? Or? I, Looking back on it, it was I, the person that I would have hated. But my friend that I lived with in college, her boyfriend was living here, but he was subletting from a place down in Alphabet City. And he was like, yeah, of course you can come stay on my couch. And looking back on it now, like, he was a subletter in a room, like, in an apartment with three other people. And I was just, like, the friend of the subletter sleeping on the couch for, like, over two weeks. And at the time, I was like, yeah, but, well, he said that I could show up. So why shouldn't I be able to be here? And now realizing how valuable space is and also just, like, how subletting works, like, I can't believe How they dare let you stay I? for two yeah, weeks. Yeah, well, now I understand sh- why they were not I very nice known, to me. If I had known, you could have come and lived with me. I took some friend of mine was like, I have a friend moving from Atlanta. Can he stay on your couch? I let this guy stay on my couch for like a month, and my what? roommate was like, he's got to go. But you know yeah. what? I'm still friends with that guy to today. What year Are you was still that? friends with a roommate? I'm still friends with both. Yeah. Oh, well, good. Mm-hmm. What was that about? So that's about 17 years ago. So, yeah. Oh, 2005. When I showed up. Right. Oh, I had just day. gotten married. Yeah, that timing might not have worked. But we had a two-bedroom, and the one-bedroom was empty. I lived, I lived with two girls at that time, so you could have stayed on the couch, and it could have been beneficial to you. I, I should have found you in 2005. Yeah. You are. Jesus. Okay, so you come here, you're here, you you were acting in, you were studying acting in college? I actually studied music in college, um, but I uh, knew that I wanted to be an actor, and so I finagled my way into like the acting program at the college that I went to, even though I wasn't technically in the program. So I came like with all of them on a showcase for industry and agents and things at the end of college. Can you can you talk on that a little on the finagling side? How did sure. you do that? Well, uh, I was. Did you see his face? I, I not a lot of finagling. He looks, he looks the opposite of me. He's gorgeous. <laughs> I auditioned for the program twice, and two times they told me no. So I just continued in my music track there, which I studied. Uh, which I studied from the beginning. Mm -hmm. But um, the class that uh, they brought on the showcase, they did like a semester of a class like that prepared you for the showcase. Mm -hmm. And looking through the course catalog, it didn't say open to majors only in the course catalog. And I was like, oh, well, they can't kick me out. So I signed up and they were like, oh, you really can't be part of this class. And I was like, according to like your paperwork, (laughs) like you can't tell me I can't. And so they kind of like had to let me in. See? Little opportunistic and yeah. working the working the to. technicalities. Are you there? not hearing the hard A from him like you get from my Ohio accent? I don't really hear it from him. When you when you talk to me, I feel like I'm just being scolded all the time. So the hard A is a little <laughs> I different. Don't hear the, the, if there were whiskey on this table, then it would start it to would come start in. To you come know why? Out. Because it's the white trash in me. Like it still I have comes it. out. It's part it of me. Yeah. Out. No, it's definitely why, why not saying why not, is Fremont a white not, trash? No, I'm part not of saying everyone in Fremont is white trash. I'm just saying I You're may just saying have the trailer park little, that you came out I of might have, I might have a little bit in me, you know? I mean, hey. Well, I never met a ranch dressing I didn't like. See, so. there you have it. So what I love about that is that you 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 just you were so focused on needing and wanting to come here on that trip that you found a way yeah. to get here. And I feel like that's what this business is from the beginning from and, and I honestly think like this is Oprah and universe and whatever but like auditioning for that program twice and never getting in only prepared me for auditioning for a ton of things here right. and not getting the job mm-hmm. and I feel like that was almost a more valuable lesson than it would have been had I been in this program you know and been 
coddled through four years and then shown up here and realized that I don't want to say that I'm not special, you know, but right. like to realize that there are so many people and mm-hmm. so much of the time mm-hmm. you're not going to get the job. Then there, there's a lot of entitlement too. people come out and they yeah. book a big job right out of college mm-hmm. and they think, oh, this is just how it's going to go. Yeah. And it just, that, well, yeah. It's and when, not we, how it goes. when we had Aaron here, mm-hmm. she had, um, God, 10 years ago, she yeah. had um, a role in 27 Dresses yeah, uh-huh. with Catherine ha- yeah. Hagel. And she was like in the opening scene. And I remember because I knew her at the time and how excited she was. Like, this was going to be, you know. And mm-hmm. then she didn't, what she say? She didn't book a job for yeah. a year or something. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've, I've even, up and done just and up to and throw done. more on that, is I, I had a job where I booked it and I was older when I booked it compared to like the rest of the cast. And then other cast came along and was like younger. You know, and they look at it as like, oh, you know, I'm in my 20s. I'm booking this show that's doing great, you know, this and that. And I'm like, do you know where I was when I was your age? Yeah. Like, like I hold this like a little egg and they hold it sometimes like it's like, oh, whatever, you know, hands up in the air. I'm like, I, if I was 25 doing this show, that, that I would have been like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Like, this is precious. I you feel. Know? Yeah, exactly. I feel like they're, they will learn, you know, that it's precious. And I would rather have it be that I know it's precious doing it at the time than have to learn in hindsight that it was precious at the time without well, realizing right. it. Well, and I also think there's different levels of appreciation because when you move here from a different state and yeah. you know you have to survive, mm-hmm. like you you don't come from the tri-state area or from a, a lot of money, yeah. it's a whole different yeah. it's a whole different ball game. Totally. Like I think Julia Louis-Dreyfus is super talented, yeah. super. Yeah. But when you remove the stress of money, yeah. like there might be a lot of Julie Louis Dreyfus. Oh. No, there are, you there know? are. Like, but you got to, you got to give smart. her the, and not. She, no, like, I think she is. She's phenomenal. Oh, she's her. top notch. Love her. She, yeah. she works. She the work ethic that she has and the resilience. I mean, look, she left Seinfeld. You, not all of those guys found crazy. No, she yeah. did Caroline. She did the New Adventures of Old. Christine, I love that right, show. Uh-huh. Right, and then to find Veep and all these other yeah. things. But she's to me the exception to the rule. There's so oh, many totally. people. Look at this scandal going on right now with the USC. These these yeah. people that get in total entitlement and the. The, the path is cleared for them mm-hmm. and then you know I uh, there was another kid I was in acting school with and he just was like a total snot and I went to the children's school or whatever that was and I'm like okay f- fully expecting to be like alright this guy's gonna get out of school and he's gonna like sweep the floor with parts uh, and this and that like I've never seen him in anything yeah. I just think that attitude was his entitlement of like oh I'm just gonna be amazing at this yeah. and well you, where are you, you there know? also is a different I don't I want to say work ethic, but I don't know that that's fair. But, like, when you're, like, showing up here, like, with not two nickels to rub together and you are, like, hustling and struggling, there's, like, a different work ethic just built in you from that so that when you are working as an actor or whatever, that work ethic still exists, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like if you don't get it one way, it it sometimes doesn't come through. But I also think struggling and working hard helps you develop a personality. Sure. And I find people so much more interesting. Like, every job I've ever had, I am friends with the receptionist. I'm Mm -hmm. To this day, I'm still friends with receptionists from all my jobs because they're the most real kind yeah. people. Yeah. Also you know? you, also you always always make friends with maintenance and oh, them too. staff workers oh, cuz yeah. they're the yeah. guys that know the inner workings of everything yep. and But it's not because of that. It's 
because of who they are, they're yeah, just too, so they're, kind. They, but yeah. they're also in a, in a position of having to deal with people with a lot of attitude. And yeah. I need this now and yeah. this and that. And, they're and they the people appreciate you that, when they you're do, not. but they also know how to handle. You you walk in, you're like, uh, you know, you don't know how to handle certain. But they know how to handle everyone. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. The power of being nice. Yeah. Like, yes. Being it, nice will get you very far. So let me ask you this. So as an, uh, just to clarify, do you look at yourself as an actor, a singer, a musician first? Is it one of them come first for you? You know, I feel like I've done all of that in different variations. So I, I kind of, I don't know that I would rank them. You know, I've worked as a, just a musician. I've worked as just an actor. I've worked as just a singer. I've worked as a combination of all three or two and two and whatever. So, uh okay. I, I would rank the first one being whoever pays the most money. Yeah. And, and catering goes <laughs> at the bottom regardless. <laughs> do, you, do you dance too? Are you, that's you something that I'm, I'm, I'm an all right mover. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't put that in the mix of things at the top. Okay. Yeah. So tell us after you came here, you're sleeping on the couch and, and take us the next I got a place in Brooklyn right. with some friends. Um, and I started working like as an actor, like a lot of uh, a lot of non-union theaters and stuff, and just starting to book work consistently enough that I felt that I was ready to join uh, the union. So after that, I joined the union and you do regional anything. Regional? Yeah, you I did, did stuff uh, out in Utah. I did stuff in Arizona. Did I you did get points or were they equity? Contracts? I actually earned all of my EMC, EMC points. A- actors Equity Association is the stage uh, actors union, um, and the EMC was like a membership candidate. And every equity theater you worked at, you could get a point a week, and then once you got a certain number of points, you could join the union. Or the way that most people do it is they just get hired somewhere that is a union theater uh, for a union job, and you right. just are handed your union card. It's like earning earning your place. On right. The team. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with SAG. Like you could get it by doing a bunch of like extra work, or you do right. enough SAG jobs, and they make you join, and then you're you're like in, and you so feel like you've earned it. Yeah. You sure. 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 Handed something. Right. Um, so once I earned enough points, I joined the union and I immediately didn't work for a year at two years. Uh, and then slowly it started to like move again, the motor. And I started working more consistently, more consistently, uh, with the ultimate goal to be here and stay here and be on Broadway and whatnot. And eventually that happened. And then, uh, after that, immediately I didn't work again for a while and it seems to be the pattern. What'd you get on Broadway with? Uh, I did cabaret. Okay, yeah, that was my Broadway debut. And wait, you played what instrument? Did you I play? played the banjo. Yeah. Oh, um, which I didn't play before we started the show. Um, did you I, lie and say you knew how to play banjo? I like play bastardized guitar, and I had a banjo, uh, and so I just kind of strung it in the way of a guitar, and I was like, I just have to show them that I'm musical mm-hmm. in a way. You'll learn the notes after exactly, and and part of the rehearsal process because in this production, uh, the whole cast was the orchestra as well. well one part of, of our rehearsal that was that, that was that trend a couple years ago yeah, where right? every show was like playing music on stage. Uh-huh. Yeah, thankfully that's not the case anymore. Yeah. Um, but part of the rehearsal was each of us had private lessons on our respective instruments. So I actually got to learn to play the banjo. And that goes along with the, the, what's the thing they say when you, when you're, um, and the casting director's like, can you do this? And you're like, you say, of yes. course. Like, can you fly a plane? Of course. Yeah. Can. He yeah. probably can. His, his grandfather used to fl- own an airport. Okay. That was like, a joke, but, but I'm just okay. Saying, fine. Caleb, while you were on doing cabaret, how many lead ladies did you? We had three. We started with Michelle Williams. Um, wow. 
And then we went to Emma Stone. I after saw that. that's when I oh, was good. there. Oh, good, good, yeah. good, good. And How then was, that? was was she? She was awesome. She was great. Yeah, yeah. Was she your favorite? No, Sienna Miller came in at the end, and she was someone that I was like, oh, I think I've seen her in a couple movies, yeah. and I don't want to say I had low expectations. I just had low knowledge of her. Wait, so <laughs> you didn't imme- immediately think of Jude Law? Well, that whole thing we had to think what of whole Heath- thing? Did I miss something with the like the nanny and stuff? Yeah. Oh, it was a whole he shenanigan. He was dating Sienna. They may have been engaged. Engaged. And he was banging mar- the nanny. Yeah. And it was a whole wow, big thing. Yeah. I missed that totally. Yeah. But that's, I t- feel but terrible saying that's also, how I originally knew who she then was. Then she was the other woman with Balthazar Getty. See, I don't See, know this. this is so nerdy. Yeah. This is uh, perfect. You know how I know Sienna Miller? Go for it. The G.I. Joe movie. <laughs> Which I've still never seen. <laughs> so good. Well, I'm glad we all know her in different ways. Well, she yes. clearly reaches out far. Well, if she was in People Magazine, I knew her. So you were four years in that show. Was it uh, no, one of those? It t- ran for like a year. I'm and sorry. Change. I apologize. That's okay. uh, that was four years ago. Right. A year and change. So yep. in the run of that show, did you were you in a situation where you were playing multiple parts, had to learn multiple tracks? Yes. Uh huh. I mean, I I covered uh, the four boys. Uh, 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 I'm trying to. It's been long enough. Rudy and uh, Herm, Hans and Bobby and Victor, and then I also covered the MC. Okay. Uh, the Alan Cumming part. Right. So right. those were, when I wasn't doing my part, I was doing one of those. Wait, so, you covered Alan? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. That's pretty fantastic. Well, I mean, like, you know, multi-talented. Yeah. You know, triple threat here. Music, dancing, singing. Banjo. I, I saw him perform in 97 in Cabaret. Yeah. That was my second time. I, I'd seen him with Jennifer Jason Lee. That's amazing. Wow. I saw the production the original time around with Raul Esparza, but Molly Ringwald. Interesting. Whoa. I remember that. I yeah. actually remember when that was out. I sat wow. in the back row of the balcony on like a rush ticket, and I was like, oh, man, this is just so amazing. Well, and it was so amazing that they did it in the Studio, studio yeah. 54 uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. theater, and then... Alan Cumming had his 50, was it his 50th? His 50th birthday was right around that time, too. And so we had a big disco studio. party yeah. there. Yeah. Uh-huh. So let me ask you a question. You're performing in Ohio. You're going to school. Did you go to school in Ohio? Yeah, I did. For Otterbein College. College. Yeah. Otterbein. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. We have mutual friends, but we'll talk about that after. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yes. Uh, Caitlin Morris, do you know her? I know who she is. Okay, yes. great. She's a good friend of mine. Did, That's awesome. Uh, drunk Shakespeare with me, and she's super talented. All right, I dropped it. There it is. I there dropped the go. name. Hi, Caitlin. And we both know her. Yeah, awesome. Look at that. Um, actually, another girl in the show, too, now, uh, Drunk Shakespeare, uh, Mariah Paris. Do you know her? I do uh, not. She's super talented. Amazing. Anyway, so you're performing there, and I'm trying to get in a sense if you could explain just the feeling, the the uh, experience of performing there, doing those non-union theaters, doing those regional equity theaters, and then to walk in and out of a Broadway theater What's that like? What's that feeling like? That experience like? You know, after I, all that time, I don't want to make it all saccharine, but like in an effort to explain it in a way that I only can, it was truly like what a dream come true. You know, like that's stuff that you know you think about as like a kid, you know, in sixteen thousand person Fremont, Ohio, at the community theater there, you know, doing shows, and you say, oh man, oh man, one day, one day, one day. And then when it happens, like, it truly, like, I, I'm truly at a loss of words even all these years afterwards to when I speak about it. It was truly something that, like, particularly the production and all the people involved and how wonderful everybody was from top to bottom. Like, I couldn't find one thing bad to say about the whole experience that will live on the shelf of my memory right. as something, like, very shiny and beautiful. Right, right. Do you feel like... 
it's one of those situations where now you've done it, now you see the path of how to do it again? I don't think that that exists. I think that each experience is so specific and unique as to this puzzle that they're putting together with actors and designers and directors and writers and everything that I don't know that it is a path that can be repeated. I think that each show that is produced and put together is its own beast. Right. Yeah. Well, what about for you, though, as far as, I mean, I have my perspective on auditioning or the whole process and the whole mentality every day in and out. I think what uh, something that, Brianna, you're going through right now with interviewing and how tedious that is and you get one step ahead. But when we audition, we're basically interviewing every day. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and you don't know anyone. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what they want. You know nothing. And then every day is is that same hello and that same rejection. Yep. and. You almost get. I mean, I should be a great interviewer, you know, but yeah. it doesn't mean. That but you, you can are. never be prepared for the interviewer. Yeah, you can be a good interview, but you don't right. always know, and especially if it's on the phone, you don't know what's on. Well, that, that other too. But I'm phone. saying, like, frequency wise, an actor. Just uh, tell me if I'm wrong. No, you're correct. I, I mean, Please. talk on that because it is something that I feel like people who are wa- listening to this may not fully understand. I have to say that, like, I walked out of that show being like, "Oh, well, now I've I've made it to this specific level. I'm so mm-hmm. glad that I'm here, and like, I've worked very hard to get here, and now I will just like stay here." And that didn't prove to be true. And I think that. Uh, like you said, like you're walking in and out of these auditions every day, which I currently am doing, you know, and I've been struggling lately with it. And that's just the business is just peaks right. and valleys and peaks and valleys. Um, and I just at at this point, I just walk in and you're never going to be able to guess what it is that they want. You're never going to nail that. Right. You know, like so you can only walk in and offer what you know that you do. And then I just walk out and say, well, that's that. And either I'm the right fit for it or I'm not. But there was nothing that I did that was like, oh, man, if only I would have known they wanted this or if only I would have known they wanted that. Because a lot of times they don't even know what they want. They're waiting for you to show them something, what they want. But also, like, that's not my job. My job isn't to my job is to show up and offer what I have to offer and what makes me unique as opposed to you as opposed to you and the three of us aren't going to walk into a room and give the same audition ever so I'm not going to try to be Brianna I'm not going to try to be Josh you know I'm going to go in and only be Caleb because that's all I can do of the three of us I'd be you too I'm gonna have to vote for that also. I'm gonna I'm gonna tie with both of you. <laughs> we're pretty we're sexy as sexy as you combined. I think well now I'm blushing. You can't tell. He's he is blushing. But Josh I am. is well, really gonna push this three though. <laughs> I do I do wanna I, I you know, keep going there because you've interviewed for a regular job before, I assume, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, compare the two. Draw the connecting tissue there. How do you? Because for actors, I know for me, mm-hmm. and and I don't want to speak too much on. I want you to to yeah. give your answer. But I, I have definitely developed a routine for myself, kind of similar to what you're saying. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to pick a cho- make a choice. Yep. I'm going to go, and I'm going to let it go as much as I can. As soon as I walk out of there. But there's something that I think people who are interviewing for regular jobs, right? Um, also. Can draw from that. Right? I feel like a it's, perspective. Of... They're completely the same and completely different, and I feel like that's 
neither helpful. But it, it they're the same in regards to you're going in and you're selling your product, which your product is yourself. If I'm going in, you know, for a job at a PR firm or I'm going in as an actor, at the end of the day, they're looking at me as a human being and deciding, like, if they want to work with me as a person I'm going to have to say not all PR firms are looking at you as a human being. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but if you – what where it's different is if we go in as an actor, we're not going in – technically as ourselves Mm -hmm. we're going in to say i'm this person but this is how i would do pretend to be that person whereas if you're going in for a regular interview you're selling yourself more so as yourself you're not sure but you're also i think there's a line to a connective tissue there with just letting it go after you walked in you did your best you sold the product which is you and you know you let it go you can't be responsible for whether they accept what you offered or not. Mm-hmm. You go in and you offer the best version of you, and that's all your job is, right. yeah, is I, to offer that. It's so easy to beat yourself up after auditions or mm-hmm. interviews. And you're never going to know what the reason – when you don't get the job, which is for actors 98 99% of the time, you're never going to know why you didn't get it. Right. And there's – no, why waste any of your time trying to put together puzzles that you're never going to have the answer to? No. You know? I had a, a call, an interview the other day, and I didn't feel good about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I, based on the kind of personality, the person was given off on the phone. I just, I wasn't going to win. Like, I right. just yeah. kind of felt like I, I wasn't trying to be overly friendly, but I was just trying to, right. and I just didn't get any sort of, it was just, I didn't right. feel like it was. Well, and if that's how you felt like that call was going, imagine if you would have gotten the job and that be your day-to-day like situation, situation right. with yeah. that person is that you realize that you're just not connecting and that you're not fitting. And that's the other thing about actors, too, is that the interview, the audition for us, mm-hmm. okay, is the job. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Our preparation, our memorization, everything, the mentality. You know, a lot of times you go on these inter- these auditions and they want you to improv. Yeah. You know, and like, <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I just kind of go in there with like what I, I know the lines, but mm-hmm. then I'm also going to know what I'm going to improv, you know? Sure. And that's your prep. And if they truly want you to improvise with someone, then I'll do that too. But, you know, that's your job. That's yeah. our job. I have a friend who always said that auditioning is 100% the job and the work is the perk. Yeah. And I, I truly it is. have to remind myself that all the time, but it's worth reminding yourself that the work is the perk. You know, the job itself is actually just showing up, learning the material, being prepared, and showing up and offering what you do, and then walking out and saying, well, I'll forget about that, and if the phone rings, that's great, and if it doesn't, I've already forgotten about it. So. Right. Well, and it's funny, because I remember thinking at one point, when I after seeing a Broadway show, like, how do those people do that? Seven, well, how many times a week? Eight, Eight times yeah. a week. Like, how do you, and then I'm like, wait, I do the same fucking thing every yeah. day, too. Sure, <laughs> like, yeah. And at I, least that's some, if you're passionate and, and about it, then. Let's speak about this, too, but I always find, especially with longer shows, mm-hmm. And longer, I mean, um, the longer length, running, not a running of oh. a show, but the, a show that has a lot of lines, yeah, and a lot yeah. of you know scenes and stuff like that. Um, how do you keep getting yourself through? Uh, you know, finding interesting points, finding you know. Uh, I will freshness. say that because the show obviously has to be the same every night, right? But what's not the same every night is the audience. The audience is always different, and uh, like the show is, the audience is a member of the cast essentially. Because without them, what are you doing it for? <laughs> right. And so that's the variable that changes from performance, performance, from a matinee to an evening, from a Thursday to a Friday. You know, like in that living, breathing, like group of people, like right. watching you is what makes you have to remain 
focused and on and, because and the element... they're going to laugh at different things. They're sure. not going to clap at other things. And like you, you have to be prepared for all of the that. The element of surprise. You, yeah, if you sure. let yourself be surprised. I heard that was great advice I got years ago. Let yourself be surprised by every audience. Yeah. You expect an audience to be one way. You're mm-hmm. walking into Yep. Into trouble. Well, and I have to say, for the short time I ever did stand up, and mm-hmm. for the small amount of applause that which applause, we are the stage that we are I, stand, yes, we're staring at, at right the now. small amount of applause I got, Comic like strip. I can only imagine what it must be like in a theater, like a Broadway theater, getting that applause because it is. It's intoxicating. Absolutely. When well, that's the reason to do it. I mean, Lady Gaga, I live with the applause. <laughs> it's true. I mean, applause is truly just like the the response, you know? The they're saying thank you, but also we enjoyed it because most of the time audiences are not going to fake it or phone it in. If something's sure. not funny, they're not going to laugh. And if they didn't enjoy something, they're not going to clap, or at least not very long. Every You'll get a smattering of applause sure. if it's obvious a song has ended. But like sure. that rush is just indescribable. See, right. that's what corporate America needs. More needs. applause. That's what More I'm saying. Applause. Good job. More your applause. boss should walk into your office and be like, well done. That was an amazing presentation. You know, I always so every, when I do a show, you know, you don't always get a standing ovation, but every yeah. once in a while you get a standing ovation. Yeah. You know, not in stand up. No one ever <laughs> gives me a standing ovation, <laughs> but in theater, right? And I'm always like, guys, guys, we get these all the time. Seriously, sit down, please, sit down. <laughs> but like, you know, there's something about that that just you go home and it's like that's the money can be whatever it is in the you situation, get but that's immediately appreciated. And I feel like I've done other like television stuff as well, and while that's fun like you don't get like the same interaction because you don't get to see who watches it and you don't get to see their response to it you know and acting ideally is the same but the response is completely different do you ever go back in your mind like what it might like you know greek times and shakespeare times like i'm doing something that was like so just pure in the moment whereas like tv is fun and pays well and and gives you exposure and and we all want to do it but it's just something about that live experience sure that human-human interaction, which is, yeah. I think, the reason why theater still exists, you know, because there's no reason for it to still exist outside of that, you know? Right. We can, we've moved well beyond where everything can be, you know, taped and just streamed and whatever, but people still show up to the theater and people still want to do it, and it's because right. they're human beings. So did you get that kind of love when you hosted the PR Awards the other night? Uh, you know, I have to say, yes and no. Um, uh, the love existed when I would go off script and at least try to make something, you know, funny or improv, but, uh, they wanted it to be as tight as they could because it had meandered to like two hours and 45 minutes the year before. Okay. Um, so when you're just like going award speech, award speech, award speech, people kind of just lose interest. Yeah. You know, so yeah. talk about TV work you've done too, or your experience with that. Sure. World, uh, I did an episode of Shades of Blue. Uh, Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Ray Liotta. Yeah, we actually filmed it around the corner from here. That Chantix face, that commercial. It's like not even his face anymore. No, no. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Ray. Yeah. I love you, but he. I. It was right after he was on an episode of Kimmy Schmidt too. Did you watch that episode? No, I didn't. He plays like a bodega owner, and <laughs> Titus keeps showing up, and kind of he needs to use the bathroom. I don't know if their bathroom's broken or whatever, but he keeps trying to trick the key out of Ray Liotta, and it was so funny. And I've never seen him be funny. Right. So when we were on set, I was telling him how much I enjoyed that like, episode. <laughs> yeah, just seeing like a different side of him. He's been around for so long. Um, I did an episode of Younger a couple years ago on TV Land. That's great. Um, and that's kind of where that. What's her name again? 
Sutton Foster. Sutton Foster. Yeah. I wanted to say Channing Tatum, but Channing Tatum. it's like one of those two names. <laughs> yeah. like Both of really... their names are double right. last name. Right. All, all right. two last names. Wait, and... you've not done a law, law and Order? You know, I've been in a number of times for auditions and producer sessions, but I can say I'm one of the actors that has not been seen on Law and Order. I yeah. was an extra. Me too. High five. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look at that. And a dead body was yeah. named after me. Oh. Can... I was on The Deuce, and I just found out recently, I didn't watch second season, that they killed my character. No! Yeah, I, can't, I couldn't even go back if, I, if they wanted me to. Wait, but, but you were like the hotel I was guy. the hotel clerk, and apparently I didn't watch it, but someone told me that in like the second season, they're like, yeah, the guy at the hotel, they own it, and they, they died. I'm like, great. I got written off a show. But you didn't even get to seconds. die like in the show. Right, they at least have my dead, it. bloated body be on the floor. Right. You, just kill, you just write oh, me off. That's bad. funny. Oh, so, man. Caleb, talk about what you're doing now. I mean, sure. the PR awards was one thing, but you went uh-huh. to Hawaii. I did. I sing with a Carol King tribute group. Um, we do Carol's awesome. catalogs. I will give you one guess as to what it's called. Hint: It includes her first name and last name. They're just both <laughs> plural. Carol's King's Carol. Carol's Kings. Carol's King. It's three guys doing catalog. Is it commission? Is she involved? As no, far she's as not involved. Wise? No, 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 no. I, because she doesn't own any of her music. Um. Because she wrote for like the publishers and stuff, and so she didn't own any of those things that she wrote. Right. Isn't that insane? That's weird. Um, well, shady doings in the music industry is shocking. D- truly. Do you write your own music? I do. I'm actually, I've, for the past, like, I don't know, seven, eight years, I've been working on a number of musicals. I, I'm a composer as well. I went to school for music. And um, I've been working on a number of shows that hopefully will so make you, their way are here. Are you writing the full show, the book? Or you... I write the music and the lyrics. I'm part of a program, um, the BMI Musical Theater Workshop down at uh, the World Trade Center. Okay, cool. Um, it's like a, a workshop that like a- Alan Menken went through. He wrote like The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and whatever, sure. where he met Howard Ashman, who wrote right. all those incredible lyrics. Like Flaherty and Aarons, who wrote like Ragtime and stuff, met wow. there. Uh, Bobby Lopez, who wrote Frozen and Book of Mormon and Avenue Q. Like he and Jeff Marks met there, and then he met his wife there, who he wrote Frozen with. So they all come back and are wow. the moderators. Who oh, present wow. songs That's and they amazing. give their feedback. Well, if, if something stuff. does happen, please, um, we got a, <laughs> an Josh actor out. who needs work. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that, I have a that... show that needs to be acted, so <laughs> making connections. I, I will do that. I will also fold your laundry. Well, <laughs> whatever hey, you need. You know what? I have a husband for that, but uh, if you want <laughs> to do it, get him, no, I, I use husband with a lowercase h. Why? Uh, okay. well, oh, you I just have a domestic for... partnership, uh, okay. and it's not you. just for insurance reasons, but I do <laughs> say that the insurance reasons. I wasn't really touching his leg, it was just metaphorical in nature. I do want to say, I, I like to ask the guests this. It's not on our list here, but uh, how do you wh- how, give us something like one piece of advice? How do you keep going? How do you, what's your your inspiration to our listeners? Is like how to how to this keep is actually your, for Josh. It's give for it me to too. Josh. It's for me. I'm admitting it. How do you uh, keep pushing when you know times are good and bad? I feel like it's twofold. One, I feel like I keep pushing because it's just something I want to do, mm-hmm. and I feel like if we're not doing what we want to do, then what's the point? You know, like money can come and money can go, but like at the end of the day, like the fulfillment that I get from doing Broadway shows, from doing musicals, from yeah. doing, from acting and writing, even, um, is something that I don't get from anything else. Mm-hmm. And if I want to be fulfilled as a human being, I need to do what I want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And that comes with peaks and valleys. And I believe peaks and valleys are in any career, particularly in the arts. They can, 
you, there's a song, a Kander Neb song called The World Goes Round, where the lyric is one day it's kicks, then it's kicks in the shins. <laughs> and like that couldn't be any more true, you know, especially in this business. You can truly be like up here and that doesn't mean that tomorrow you're not down here. But being down here doesn't mean that tomorrow you're not going to be up right. here. And that's, that's how I live every day. Just how it goes. And you're only here for so long. So. Exactly. Yep. You get one opportunity. You got to live your best so life. just do what you want to do. All right. That's awesome advice. Give us, just t- tell us your full last name again. Because Caleb Damschroeder. Just you spell it, because if I try, it's. Let, I'll let me... spell it how I spell it for people on the phone, because you have to break it into syllables. Right. Dam, D A M S C H R O D E R. Otherwise, everybody tries to throw that. Is it e German? In there. Yeah. German. Damschroeder. Damschroeder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe was your grandfather born with Trump's father in, uh... in Germany? Did you, have to, you had to tie him into Trump. All right, let's play our game. Come on, game yep. time. All right. Oh, game time. All so right. this game um, is. Small town versus big city. Got it. And I'm just going to list different um, things, and I need you to say if you... Based on Fremont or just... Well, small town living. Okay. Um, But it can be based on Fremont, which you would prefer. Small town versus big city living. Big city living. Living space. Uh, Small town. Okay. Family. Small town. Socializing. Big city. Anonymity versus everyone knowing your name and your business. I'm going to just call that a 50-50 fair split. Okay. okay. Um, transportation. Uh, big city. Really? Yeah. Subways over cars. Yeah, well, just because you have options. I can take a, the Metro North. I can take the Long Island Railroad. I can take the subway train. I can take a bus. Do you I can't venture? Take a do you cab. live in Brooklyn now or no? I'm in uh, Queens in Astoria. You are. So yeah. do you – Metro North, I mean, that's upstate. Do you, you... – yeah. I used to teach up in Connecticut. I mean, that's the easy way. Also, just taking uh, the train up the Hudson River. Do that every single Saturday of your life, you know, and just stop at a different place. Real quick, do you consider yourself a New Yorker now? Yes. You do? 13 years. 13 years? Yeah. This year will be 25. Yeah. Yeah. You know how I always... I moved here when I was two. (laughs) Did you? (laughs) (laughs) You're getting younger by the minute. Uh, I always say to people, like, how do you know when you're a New Yorker, right? When you're walking around your own neighborhood and you walk past a store and some Something yeah. else is in that store now, and, oh. you're like, and you're like, you know what used to be there? Yep. Yeah, That's I can how you do. Know you're I do that about the three whole incarnations city. back. I've been in the yeah. neighborhood I'm in for almost as long as I've been. Yeah. There. Oh, the last one, stress. Oh, uh, you know, I'm just gonna. Am I? I rephrase the question. Do I prefer stress in the big city versus stress in the small town? No, where do you find town? more? More there's more stress. I think at home, like in in small town. See, I. I two I have two things here. When I leave New York and go to Fremont, mm-hmm. my shoulders definitely come down. There is a certain kind of re like I come like there's a calm. Sure. But then I'm around my family mm-hmm. and all that bullshit, <laughs> and yeah, the calms, right, right. the stress is back. The city right. will g- give sorry have family multiple reasons to make you stressed out, but right. it also gives you so many ways to relieve that stress. Sure. And I feel like in a small town for me personally, I would be stressed out for just reasons of life like anybody is no matter where they live and not have as many outlets to be able to relax and, and escape yeah can I ask one quick stress. question yeah. do you ever think about when it when especially when times are tough that you're like I'm done I'm just going back I to I think Fremont. that every day oh 100% about going back you'd go back no to- not back to Fremont sorry well, sorry you, Fremont well no I'm honest answer both sides of that yes every, every day I feel like I'm allowed to wake up and say, does this still make me happy? And Mm -hmm. I've always made a deal with myself that when it's not fun anymore, I'm allowed to walk away and that can just be the end of it. But I think I'm allowed to continually ask myself if it does. And I feel like otherwise I'm going to end up trapped thinking that I still enjoy something that I didn't realize 10 years ago I stopped liking 
to do, you know? Right. Well, I think it's funny because for us, it's like the 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 money, the paychecks, the the job length, it doesn't mm-hmm. last forever. And no. a lot of people are like, oh, well, I'm in this job and here's my monotony and here's yeah. my paycheck. And you can ask yourself that question every day too. Truly. people don't. Yeah. And I, I would be open to anything. If something crossed my path and I was like, oh, man, that seems so interesting. I feel like I would like to pursue that. I would do it in a heartbeat, yeah. you know, so I don't feel that. Yeah, I, I every day I say, am I done with this? And but not necessarily. The answer Fremont. hasn't been yet. No, I don't. I but you know who loves Fremont? My kid. Yeah, really? you know she loves going well, there. Well, wait. my stepmom owns a diner. Uh-huh. You know she loves going in there. She but loves she French also, fries. So. She, she loves seeing family. And you know, free, if if she loves it that much, then Fremont does not even realize the Rhythm Nation routine no, that is about have, to they, it's gonna, oh, to arrive in Fremont <laughs> and rock that town. You have awesome. to take the three person troop and and razzle dazzle this in Nesky County. Yeah, Caleb, this we're in yeah. it too. We got to be background oh, dancers for this. You know, my husband. I'll be the singer. My husband insisted he go to this. Sandusky County Fair, yes. and we walked around there. He goes, "What is this?" <laughs> like, he insisted. I'm like, "You wanted to be here." Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to say disclaimer that the people in Fremont are fantastic. Yes, they are. And 100%. this is in no way. This is your and my personal needs. Yes. And New York City just has everybody's to different. Be our, I'm fulfill our very needs. proud and happy to be from there, and I'm always happy to return and say hello. Yes, and exactly the perfect example is how we met. Be- it's yes. because of people that live in Fremont mm-hmm. who facilitated the you should meet each other right. and you yep. should do this. And we didn't have to go through his PR people. No PR people needed. I told them not to call you guys. I hope they didn't. <laughs> yeah. Kayla, man, you are the best. We really appreciate you Pleasure coming on and Thank talking. Thank you so much. Honest. It was so good to see you. Good to see you, too. Uh, please do not forget to rate us. Give us a review. Uh, let us know what you think. Email us if you have an idea for a guest. Uh, we did not ask him, where, where do you see yourself in five oh, years? Oh, sorry. We didn't do that. Yes. Go, I will go. still be in my rent-stabilized apartment in Astoria, but at that point, I will have bought a beautiful home in the Poconos, and I will be spending my weekends one place and my weeks elsewhere. Will the husband be a capital H? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's I can marry the you. next year. I, I did are get you ordained. ordained. Yes. Are yes. we going to do it on Can I do it too? Podcast? So we'll do her, yes. and I'll be a Hasidic rabbi. We'll yes, he's Jewish. He's Jewish. Get out of here. No. We're doing that. Oh, <laughs> all, right. Well, all right. Well, we have a job to look forward to. Yeah, we go. do. We need a job. You, you, you booked it. Yes, we booked it. We booked it. <laughs> Caleb, what about your social handles? Yeah. Uh, my Instagram handle is at damncaleb, D-A-M-N, Caleb. C-A-L-E-B. C-A-L-E-B. It used to be at Caleb Dam. And then when I joined Twitter, a small child in Florida already had that handle. And I looked, and he had only ever tweeted once. And so I asked him if I could have the handle. And he said, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I had a, guy, a Josh Hyman do that to me, yeah. too. But he's a nice guy. We're friends now. No, no, but uh, Dan, Dan Caleb, D-A-M-N-C-A-L-E-B, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter. I rarely tweet, but Instagram. Yeah, you I, need to follow I, us because we have 27 right. followers on Twitter. I currently. probably have the same. We need okay. more on Twitter. Instagram, more. we can help each other out, though. And I am at Mr. Josh Hyman, M-R-J-O-S-H-H-Y-M-A-N on everything Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, my website. Uh, we are at jobsblowpodcast.com as well as at jobsblowpodcast. Right. Please visit the website, social. too, and send us an email if you have an idea, uh, any feedback, uh, anything you want to share with us about like, don't like, if you have somebody who might uh, be a be good a, guest. A good guest would be great. And uh, please, please, please review, rate, like, share, share, share the podcast. We really hope uh, that more people can get out and hopefully find some inspiration. And we hope we didn't lose our Fremont followers today. No, 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 no. Again, sending love, sending love. 
right. Oh, wait, oh, and Brianna's got to sh- send her uh, her um, social media uh, handles. Today is the day. Yep, Jobsville Podcast. Damn it. <laughs> I had it. Okay. All right, great. Thank you guys so much, Caleb. Peace out, man. We love you. Thank ya. you. See you later. Bye. I'm too fly for my suit and tie. And I'd rather die than work nine to five. And I'm too fly for my suit and tie. And I'd rather die than work nine to five. And that's why I don't want to go to work. I just want to chill and play all day. Look him dead in the face and say, I wish I could just be still asleep while you work.